When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from iLikeYou.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at iLikeYou.com. Now, let's get started. Hello everyone, I'm Tracy Koga and welcome to Hugh at Home. Michelle Reddy loves her family, just like everyone else. And when the family is threatened, she feels their pain and concern. But what happens when they're thousands of miles apart? I have a very personal conversation with Michelle as she talks more about the plight her family is facing in Durban, South Africa. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for taking this time to spend with us on Hewitt Home. Uh, your story, <laughs> amazing is not the right word, but I think compelling is. We live so far away from your home country in South, uh, South Africa. Tell us now why you are so worried for your family back home. Two weeks ago, uh, there was an attempted insurrection in the country and uh, basically my hometown was uh, looted and literally all supply chain and businesses were burnt down. About 40,000 businesses were burnt down and my entire extended family and immediate family live in Durban and uh, their communities were attacked. Uh, a form of kind of reversed racism uh, incited by political parties and unfortunately, it is civilians and my family that have lost their jobs, uh, that have lost uh, basic uh, essential um, goods to survive. And right now, currently, parts of uh, my city have no water. Uh, babies uh, have no formula. Essentials like bread and milk have run out. So they are getting help from uh, neighboring provinces, but eventually that will run uh, run low as well. It must be harrowing to know that your family is there and right now there's not a lot you can do but you are trying, right? You are trying to yes. do something. Yes. I have been trying to amplify the situation because uh, I would say that uh, since uh, the death of Nelson Mandela, countries seem to have turned their back on South Africa and the issues that have arised are uh, being reported as, uh, as racial issues, but there's n no racial issues uh, to the extent of burning down entire, an entire province, uh, causing like 57 billion rands worth of damages within the country and the infrastructure. So for me, being so far away from home, uh, I feel 
hopeless and helpless. Uh, and as a single person uh, being new to Canada, I don't have that support system to reach out and say, how can we help? Uh, so I have started one step at a time, one day at a time. Uh, also at the same time, uh, speaking to family members back home and giving them that hope, hey, the rest of the world is watching, you're not alone. Um, and uh, hearing the screams of mothers with their babies uh, uh, terrified for their lives in the middle of a civil war has been heart-wrenching. Um, thankfully, uh, a few doors have been opened in allowing me platforms and you being one of those platforms, which I absolutely appreciate. And uh, yeah, I've been kind of going one step at a time, reaching out to people and saying, how can you help people that I don't even know? Because I guess when you are that desperate to save your family from uh, terrorism and hunger, uh, you would do anything as a, as a person. And I don't think it only has to do with South Africa, but as a humanitarian and a person who advocates for human rights, it's something that has um, really uh, resonated with me. And I will continue to do this no matter where I am with the resources that I have. It's interesting too, uh, you are sixth generation East Indian in South Africa. How did it get to this, Michelle? Or has it always been? So uh, I grew up, I was born in South Africa and I grew up through the apartheid uh, system uh, in South Africa. And uh, being of East Indian origin, uh, previously in the apartheid South Africa, we were not white enough. And now in the um, de democracy, the new democracy of South Africa, we are not black enough. So you kind of get sandwiched. And unfortunately, uh, during apartheid, they were, um, uh, we were targeted, soft targets, because as you know, when there's any kind of uh, pressure with poverty, they will look at targeting uh, people that are more vulnerable. So uh, in the old uh, apartheid days, uh, Indians, people of East Indian origin were targeted because they, uh, the natives felt that they came as indentured laborers and they are successful. And so they cannot go up against a government that is as combat uh, skills, you know, so they will go after people that are more vulnerable and target them to take out their frustrations, right? And we can go back to this with what happened in Germany with the Jewish people during the depression. Uh, the Germans or Hitler said, you know, it's the Jewish people that are thriving, so let's go. And that's how Kristallnacht started, right? The night of broken glass. And it's kind of the similar scenario that's happening. The situation is still very volatile. So um, my main concern is, uh, getting um, help in the sense of med medical help and food help and uh, long and short term sustainability for the people of KwaZulu-Natal. Uh, and I don't know how much I can do as an individual, but I'm trying. Oh, um, and your family too. I mean, it must be so hard. Uh, and being so far away, we talked about that. Let's talk about your journey here to Winnipeg too, which is quite interesting. Uh, I've been here um, since 2016. My journey has not been easy uh, because I'm trying to adapt to uh, an entirely new culture. Uh, I'm trying to adapt to a new uh, climate change with uh, the cold. Uh, and as I've said to a lot of Canadians that ask me, of all the places in the world, why Winnipeg? 
And I said, and I've been always saying, uh, I didn't choose Winnipeg. Winnipeg chose me. Uh, and I am, I, I am here. And uh, it has been, a, I wouldn't say it has been an easy transformation or ad adapting to Canada. It's been uh, a bit of good. It's been a bit of lessons. I'm not going to say bad. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say lessons. I've learned a lot of lessons and uh, I'm still learning. And with those lessons, I grow and uh, I try to leverage off those lessons. Uh, when I meet other immigrants or refugees, people far away from home, I can relate to if their family is going through a hard time, how it must feel when they don't have a support system within the country and no representation. So these are things that have opened up for me that uh, the importance of a community and I've actually, uh, being of East Indian descent, I find myself being more South African first and then East Indian. And unfortunately in Canada, there's not a very good uh, or strong support system for South Africans. So I find myself stuck between uh, East Indian and Canadian and I've reached out to the East Indian Association of Manitoba mm -hmm. because I can relate to the East Indians to a, to a degree, right? So, um, and I'm waiting for that support. Yes. <laughs> so. Identity, uh, this has come up a lot now, um, even with what's happening in our country with our indigenous peoples and residential schools and stories coming up and people feeling the need to belong, right? Inclusivity. Inclusive. So mm -hmm. what does that mean to you? Uh, I've been struggling with fitting in. I would have to say that uh, um, especially when you're coming in uh, at a time in your life where you are kind of very set in your ways uh, and trying to fit into a place where people have uh, friendships and relationships from back in school mm -hmm. and suddenly you are the new kid on the block and uh, you have to open yourself up to all kinds of people and then of course with that comes a huge amount of disappointment because you have these expectations of people and then um, and suddenly uh, people are so curious to know about you to know your story and the minute you say your story it's like oh my god that's too heavy for me I need to stay back from this relationship right so you're not sure whether you should be vulnerable to let people know who you are or whether you should put on this facade and I'm not a person about facades right I want that genuine relationship I want that relationship like you have with all your friends but I can't get that so I found that um, fitting in has been a, a struggle uh, the sense of loneliness and I think it just amplifies that distance between your home country and where you are and uh, again uh, it comes down to my background coming out of uh, oppression and struggle and then having a different kind of oppression and struggle in your new adoptive country I know right and then when you look at your residential schools and again uh, having volunteered at the Canadian Museum of Human Rights I do understand the 16 genocides that Canada uh, amplifies um, I do understand the history of how the museum was started by Israel Asper and uh, for me I just feel I was very proud when the museum had, um, did the exhibit for Nelson Mandela mm -hmm. it was a very um, 
when I walked into that ex exhibit, it was a very emotional time for me. Uh, a lot of uh, re learning, unlearning and relearning, unlearning and relearning. It's a constant right now, right? Unlearning and relearning because we all have internal biases. Mm -hmm. And it's very important for us to look at these internal biases and work on it because we've all been conditioned over generations to look at people differently. And if we want to make the change, we have to look at our own internal biases, whether it's a religious bias, whether it's a race bias, whether it's a, a, a whatever bias, a, a gender bias, we have to look at that and, and, and learn that we do not want to encourage these biases for the next generation, mm -hmm. right? And again, it comes down to education. Right. So when it comes to Canada's history, I can tell you that uh, the uh, Group Areas Act from Canada was the blueprint that South Africa used for apartheid. That is a fact. Mm -hmm. And the, um, the reserves that were created, we had Group Areas Act and segregation. So I grew up in a East Indian area. And up till now in South Africa, we will refer to different areas as a white area, as an Indian area, as a black area. So when you look at the residential school, my heart breaks for the children and the, I, I can't even say it's a residential school. I would call it vet camps. I, I have to be honest because I am tired of being polite and using words that uh, people are okay with, mm -hmm. right? And that's not okay. If, if it's a genocide, it's a genocide. Whether it's a culture, it's, it's both a cultural genocide and a genocide to people because you, you try to get rid of uh, young people who are future leaders, mm -hmm. right? So when I look at that and I look at what happened back home, the importance of the Truth and Reconciliation program is imperative because if you don't, you will have exactly what's happening in South Africa happening here. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at other countries and uh, like sweeping things under the carpet and uh, it's important to give money for infrastructure, to education, employment, and uh, inclusivity and equity, right? I wouldn't say diversity, because diversity is, um, I would say, we have a group of different people, which is diverse. Inclusivity and equity is what you look at, right? Because mm -hmm. people want a sense of belonging, and right now, I'm not the only one that's alone in belonging. I think there's a lot of people alone in belonging. It's just that they don't speak out about it or they don't have a platform mm -hmm. to speak out about it. And again, I'll, I, I keep going back to the Human Rights Museum. I think they play a vital role in Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. I, as a volunteer there, I saw a lot of Americans coming through and I did the interpretive tour guides there. So I saw them coming like, oh my God, I didn't know this and they walked out educated and there's a lot of Winnipegers asked have you been to the to the museum and they were like no we haven't I know. right, right in your own backyard. And, and I'm sad that there's all these resources there to educate people and it's not being properly utilized mm -hmm. right so I think from a human rights perspective and a humanitarian perspective the Human Rights Museum should play a more vital role in our community to address these issues right. because they have the credibility mm -hmm. to address these issues right and having a platform for credibility 
is imperative for change. <laughs> so in essence, we should start change right here since we have everything. Well, there's a saying, you should clean your own backyard before you go and clean someone else's backyard, right? So I believe change starts at home. They say charity begins at home. And we need to see the change here in order for us to create the ripple effect of change across the country and then across the world. Yeah, right? So yes. Right? So what would be your biggest wish right now? Michelle? My biggest wish right now would be, um, uh, personally, when I look at, if you're talking about South Africa, uh, my people are suffering. Uh, they are still living terrorized. The situation is still volatile. I cannot change the political landscape of the country, but I can change it by making sure that people have food, uh, running water and basic needs, mm -hmm. right? And to be able to give them that hope that the rest of the world is watching. We do know what's happening. And this has got nothing to do with what race you are, what uh, religion you are. It's everything to do with humanity. And that's what I am. I am a humanitarian. It, it doesn't matter what color you are. If you need help, I will reach out and help you. Well, we certainly want to support you. Thank you. And hoping that this touches and reaches other people too as well. Mm -hmm. So right now, uh, I am in talks with the uh, South African High Commissioner because again, it's credibility. And I'm trying to get a letter from her so that I can give to other organizations so that uh, we can uh, raise some funds to send to South Africa. We are looking for uh, a conduit uh, that is already created like the Canadian Red Cross mm -hmm. to use them as a platform to, to raise funds or perishable, uh, non-perishable items uh, that we can send back. Uh, that's one of the things we're working on. And again, I can do Manitoba. Again, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know a lot of people around Canada. And hopefully someone out there will know someone and we can strength in numbers, right? Exactly. Uh, to be able to do it in unity. And, uh, and this is how you plant a seed. And when it bears fruit, and that fruit can be eaten by everybody, not just South Africans, but it provides that platform that, hey, if we can do this for South Africa, we can do this for other countries where humanitarian need is needed, mm -hmm. right? You know what? They say friendly Manitoba, and we have the, I think, the world's biggest population of volunteer work. So I'm sure this Absolutely. is a great place to start. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Michelle. Thank you for giving me this opportunity, Tracy. Welcome back to Hue at Home. 
Well, restrictions are loosening, and we are getting out more, and that means socializing. We'd like you now to meet Susan Coos. She's a positivity practitioner and founder of Socialish. What is that all about? Well, here's Susan with more. Hi, I'm Susan Coos, positivity practitioner and founder of Socialish. Today, I'm going to talk to you about adding positive micro moments into your day. Over the past year, many of us are feeling our mental health slipping with all the negativity and the stress and the change that we're experiencing. You know, wherever we look, we're bombarded with constant exposures on a daily basis, whether it's COVID experiences, climate change, racial injustices, or neighbor versus neighbor conflicts. You name it, it's there and it's literally coming at us from everywhere. We'll see it in our morning news, we'll see it on our social media posts, we'll see it on TV and just, you know, day to day conversations with family and friends. And, you know, a constant exposure to all this negativity can lead to poor mental and physical health. But we don't actually have to start our days with a negative anchor. We can instead infuse positive micro moments throughout the day. Now, what do I mean by positive micro moments? Those are really just short, small bits of positivity that maybe last from a couple of seconds to maybe a minute or so. And they're peppered throughout the day and you can just pay attention to them several times a day and, and keep that as part of your daily routine. So here are some ways that you can do that. First of all, you can start with the launch in the morning. Begin your day with a positive launch. Uh, meditate, exercise, journal, or maybe read something that's uplifting to start your day. Uh, I suggest not the news, not emails, and definitely not social media. For example, what I, one thing I've started recently is taking morning walks in my neighborhood and I just check out to see what's going on. Maybe if it's really early, I watch the sunrise or I see what wild animals are scouting around the neighborhood. It's always interesting and entertaining. And it's been a great way for me to start my day. So that's my first start of my positive micro moments. Throughout the day, you can pepper these into what's going on with you. So things like, Add, watching a funny YouTube video, or you can subscribe to some comic strips so you can check some of these jokes out during the day, or maybe an, enjoy an uplifting chat with a friend or a colleague throughout the day, or even a quick text. Those are, those are great too. But I strongly suggest that you avoid getting sucked into the venting that can happen when we latch onto something negative or those long drawn out negative conversations because those are very draining and, and they have longer lasting effects. Instead, what can we do? Well, you know, we do have to pay attention to what's going on in our world. There's a lot of information that we do need to be aware of from on a personal basis and also through our work. So I suggest choose a short time during the day to connect with information on a need to know basis stay current and up to date and highlight and identify what you can control and do something about it. But if it's content and stuff that you really can control, you know, lovingly detach from it and let go of that and just stick with what you can control. But I also encourage you not to spend a long time with this. Don't linger with that information, but instead take responsive action and, and choose to do something about it. And finally, towards the end of the day, 
when you're having your evening routine, for example, you can end the day with some positive landings. So for example, you might have a gratitude list that you write out just before bed. And honestly, it can be good things that are happening, but also can be not so good things because there's some gratitude that can come from the things that are, are not always the best parts of our lives. You can uh, read some fiction books versus nonfiction. It's always much better to read a fiction book just before bed, or maybe do some visualization or listen to some uplifting music, you know, a few ways to do that. Another thing that we're doing in our family right now is we're watching uh, Ted Lasso for the fourth time because it's so funny and it's just one way that we can come together as a family just before we go to sleep, watch a little bit of Ted Lasso uh, and have a smile on our face and then, you know, go through our bedtime routine. So one thing I'd suggest that you can do there. So as we go through this time, no, we can't control everything that happens to us, absolutely. But we do have some control over how we interact and respond with that information. And I encourage you, where you can, start peppering in some positive micro moments and you'll see that you'll have that uplifting feeling throughout the day and be able to manage through things much better than you have been in the past. I'm Susan Coos with Socialish and I will see you next time. Enjoy. We want to give a big thank you to all of our special guests and leave you with this question. What would be your charity of choice and why? We want to know, so email us at hello at ilikehugh.com or message us on Facebook or Instagram at I Like You. But for now, stay safe and stay healthy. And we'll see you next time on Hugh at listening. This has been a production of ilikeq.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. I'm Jeff Woods and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.